1: Greetings and welcome to the Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale. And today on our program, we'll take a look at some of the works of mercy as we're called to extend to our brothers and sisters as a family of faith. And Archbishop, as we begin today, would you please lead us in prayer?
2: Certainly. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, as we come to the closing days now of this Easter season, and celebrate the great feast of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit on your church. We ask you to renew in your church that same outpouring of the Spirit in our own time. Father, we so desperately need the guidance of the Spirit to bring us unity and love and guidance. We also ask you to send the Holy Spirit upon our listeners so that your words, not ours, will flood their hearts and their minds. All of this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom...
1: Pray for us. In the
2: name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Amen. Well, as we've just recently had Memorial Day and a beautiful annual time to come together at our Catholic cemeteries, and I know you preside at one of our cemeteries each year. Yeah, we year. didn't do
2: that this year, actually, you know, uh, just logistically, yeah. it, it, it wasn't able to work out this year for us to do the, because we typically do on All Souls Day right. and on Memorial Day, we do a mass at this at our two Catholic cemeteries. The two, well, we, just, we have more than two. But the two main Mm -hmm. archdiocesan uh, cemeteries, uh, Gethsemane and, and Mount Calvary, um, but we weren't able to do it this year, but yeah, we we typically would have yeah. do, would have done that. It's a great time to gather in, in our cemeteries to pray for our beloved dead.
1: Right. And I think it just reminds us of the importance of praying for our deceased loved ones for Memorial Day, obviously, those mm-hmm. who have given their lives in service in our country. But we all have brothers and sisters, uh, family members, parishioners who have died. And we're called as a faith community to pray for them. Uh, I'd love to just have you reflect a little bit about why do we pray. For our deceased loved ones, because not coming from the Catholic tradition, it may seem rather odd.
2: Right, a lot of people don't don't understand, you know, the importance of why we pray for the dead. You know, one as you as you mentioned, one of the 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 corporal works of mercy is to bury the dead, and uh, but it's not just burying the dead; it's it's also commemorating the dead, remembering them, praying for them. I like I like on Memorial Day, like we just celebrated. I like to think of it as we, we sort of had three remembrances on on Memorial Day. I think. We remember, I think, first of all, those men and women who gave their lives in service in in the armed forces, uh, you know, in battle, if you will. So that's the first group we remember. But we also remember all of our veterans Mm -hmm. who have died, and uh, we honor them. My father would be in that category. Uh, He has his little bronze plaque at the the foot of his grave commemorating his naval service uh, during World War II, even though he was not killed in combat. And then I think on the third level, we we just remember all of our, our beloved dead on Memorial Day. But the, this, this Catholic tradition, and it's, it's more than a, just a tradition, it's, it's part of our life as a church. It's part of our theology, really, of life and death. And it really, it, it, it boils down to an understanding of what we mean by the communion of saints. And we particularly think about this around All Saints Day, All Souls Day in, in the first two days of November. But it's good for us to think about this all throughout the year. It isn't just once a year that we should be remembering the dead. Uh, but it's, it's this, again, this idea that we are part of this great communion of saints. We, we profess our faith in the communion of saints in the Apostles' Creed. But what does that mean? That means that when we die, we do not cease to exist. I think that uh, we have to keep that clearly in mind. We have an immortal soul. So when we die, we continue on in a new way, a new form of, of existence now. Um, we undergo judgment. So we're united. Uh, we're still one church, and this is the idea of the communion of saints, that those who have died and have gone before us, they still are, are part of our communion. They're part of us. We are still united to them. They are not uh, They are they are separated from us if you will in their bodily existence as they walked this earth but they're not separated from us in the communion of the church they are living souls now who with whom we are we are deeply connected and the communion of the saints is is made up of traditionally as we speak of it in the catholic tradition of three groups uh, there's, we used to refer to them, it's, it's a terminology that isn't as common today, but we used to refer to it as the church triumphant, the church suffering, and the church militant. And uh, the church uh, reigning in heaven, the church triumphant, are those who are now in heaven with God. Uh, so that's, of course, all the canonized saints of the church, those that we know to be in the presence of God in heaven. But it also includes all the other believers who are now in, in the presence of the Lord, maybe whose names we don't know. So that's the communion of all the saints, and really that is what we commemorate on All Saints Day. Then there's the church suffering. What, why do we call them the church suffering? Well, these are, the, these are the souls that are still undergoing final purification to enter into the presence of the Lord, and we, the souls in purgatory. And then there's the church militant. And, and why, why why would we use the word militant? Well, because we're still engaged in the spiritual warfare, the spiritual battle of this world, trying to, uh, with God's grace and, and help, uh, win our own crown uh, of glory and, and be with God forever in heaven. But we still have to undergo the battle, if you will, the, the spiritual battle that we undergo here in the, uh, uh, in, in this world. And so in this communion of saints, our prayers can help those who are in the communion of saints. And I don't know why this is such a strange uh, concept for people to grasp. Because we pray for each other all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Here on earth, if we we use that church, the church militant. But those of us who are still on this earth, we pray for each other all the time. Mm I ask people to pray for me, and you can imagine as a bishop, I'm constantly, theres I don't think there's a, a, a mass that I go to where I'm greeting people after mass, where at least one, and usually it's multiple people asking me to pray for them mm-hmm. or pray for a loved one in their family. We're, we're very used to this. Protestants are very used to this, of praying for each other. It's, 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 it's common. Because why? Because we believe that our prayers can help another. Our prayers, our sacrifices. You know, I, I, I when I have a special intention, I'll very often say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer something up for that person today. In, in addition to my prayer, I'm gonna s- sacrifice something for them. I'm gonna do a little penance for them so- today, because our, our our prayers, our sacrifices can help one another. Well, this is true also for those who have died, and those who are undergoing that state of purification in purgatory getting ready, if you will, burning away, if you will, all the remnants of sin in their life in the light of God's grace and love, that fire of divine charity uh, that, that burns away all of our selfishness. Our prayers can assist them too. We pray for them because they're still members of the church. They're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And our prayers and sacrifices can actually help them on their spiritual purification and journey home uh, uh, toward the kingdom of heaven. So this is this is just what it means to be the church, to mm-hmm. be brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter if we're still walking this earth or if we've passed to the other side. And the souls in purgatory and the souls in heaven can also pray for us yes. and intercede for us. And again, I don't understand. We we ask each other to pray for each other all the time on earth. Why do I feel it weird, or why does it seem unscriptural? As as many non-Catholic believers uh, say. To, to be able to pray to the saints in heaven. Those that are in the presence of God now, my brothers and sisters, my friends in heaven can pray for me. They're right there. They see God face to face. Gosh, I want those people praying for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I know it just also brings comfort in time of grief and time of mourning that our faith reminds us to pray for one another. And that prayer doesn't stop when that person dies because that's, we know they move on.
2: That's right. And I think that, uh, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think i probably have said this in a previous program, but when we've talked on this topic before, but, you know, I think many of us have regrets when uh, a loved one dies. Many of us have those regrets for the things unsaid, uh, the things undone, uh, or maybe even some of the the hurt that we feel we may have caused another person. And and when they die, uh, perhaps, you know, some feelings of guilt. Might, might be uh, there associated with it as well. I mean, I, I think back uh, on my own uh, experience of losing both my mother and my father. My father at a very young age. Uh, I used to not think it was so young, but now that I'm at the age my father died of cancer, sadly, uh, I think, wow, that was really young. But, you know, I, I often think about in his final days, you know, gosh, I wish I had spent more time with him. I wish I had said this. I wish I had have done that for him. But now I can pray for him and I can offer sacrifice for him. I can show him love beyond the grave, in other words. And I think it, people need to see this, is this. It's a way we can still show our love for someone that, that was dear to us, who has now passed uh, to the other side and, and may be in need of our prayers in purgatory. It's a great act of charity for mm-hmm. them. When my mother uh, died, I didn't have as many uh, regrets. But I, I started thinking about you know the times that I was impatient with her and maybe uttered a sharp word, you know. Especially, sadly, as her as her health declined, and and, and sometimes you know it could be difficult uh, to try to care for her. And I, I I could feel that impatience in me at times, and I, I sadly think sometimes maybe that it showed a little bit, and I regret that terribly. But you know, I can I can pray for her, and I can tell her I love her, and tell her that I'm sorry, and and uh, I did actually do that before she passed. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just a way that keeps us connected with our loved ones, and we can continue to, to, to love them just as, as we love them here on this earth.
1: Yeah. And as you mentioned, these are works of mercy. So spiritual, physical, these corporal works of mercy, this is how we continue to refine, be refined, I guess, to be more Christ-like. You mentioned earlier about the the cemeteries, mm-hmm. and we have a place yes. in our Catholic parishes, in our diocese, where we bury the dead, where we have that time of a funeral mass, where there is an interment and a proper committal. We're gifted. To not only have these places where we can go and remember our dead, but to care for them properly. Talk a little bit about just our Catholic cemeteries.
2: Right. You know that that these we, we Catholic cemeteries are, uh, are really it's 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 hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. It's blessed ground uh, where we lay the bodies of our loved ones to rest waiting the day of, of the resurrection. And this is very important. In fact, I was watching a movie the other night with my sister and uh, there was a, a scene that takes place in a cemetery, of burial uh, and uh, Campo santo
1: mm. it was
2: it was a, it was, it was a very rural country cemetery, and just above the uh, the cemetery entrance, it just said, Campo Santo, this is a holy field. This is a holy place, a holy ground here. And this is this is the idea that we have of, of awaiting the resurrection of the body. Again, and we profess in the Apostles' Creed, I believe, in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting that we, you know, and people sometimes, and I hate to say it, sometimes Catholics are a little confused about this. They think somehow when we die, we become angels, you know, become purely spiritual beings and we're finally free of our mortal flesh. Well, that's not a human being. A human being is body and soul and created in God's image and likeness. We are, we are one entity, body and soul together. That's our unity of body and soul. That's, the, that's the, actually the uh, violence, if you will, of death is the separation of body and soul. This is not how we're meant to be. And so that state of existence that goes on beyond death in the, in the state of a soul, that's not, that's not who we are. We're, we're not fully human if we're not there with our body as well. But our bodies obviously are undergoing corruption of of the earth. But we await the day of the resurrection. And when Christ comes again in glory at the end of time, our bodies will be raised up. And as St. Paul says, our mortality will be clothed with immortality. We will will be reunited with our bodies, resurrected bodies, glorified bodies, just maybe very much like Christ's body after the resurrection. And that's how we're going to spend eternity. Mm -hmm. And so we reverence the bodies of our loved ones because the bodies of our loved ones is part of who they are. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is really important because we, we honor those bodies. Those were temples of the Holy spirit, temples of our, our, our spiritual soul in which dwelt the Holy Trinity uh, by grace. And so our bodies our are, 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 are should be honored, should be reverenced, should be cared for, should be properly uh uh disposed of, if you will, if we want to say it that way, we're not really disposing of them but 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 uh, dispose of upon our death and, and and burial uh and and entombment is is the way we do that with this view to the resurrection. I mean, you know uh, that'd be a really cool place to be when Jesus comes again in glory would be to in a, to be in a in a Catholic cemetery you know as as the as the dead are raised that's why the church forbids for example the practice of scattering mm-hmm. of ashes the church um I would I mean it's certainly permitted and 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 by the church cremation is permitted it's it's not uh, looked down upon but you know it's it's there's a certain uh Begrudging that the church has in granting uh, permission for cremation because, again, of honoring the body itself, the body that was the the temple of of the soul and the Holy Spirit. Um, But the church permits cremation. But if if a family chooses to cremate, we still insist that the that the ashes be entombed. Mm -hmm. They need to be buried. But, you know, again, but the body intact, in even if it's in because, you know, we, our bodies are all going to undergo the corruption of the grave. Right. And, and so they're not going to be in, in perfect form when Jesus comes again in glory. Uh, but at least they're, they're together and they're properly re- reverenced and respected. And there's a place to go. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's another important piece of this. And that's the whole funeral ritual of the church. Uh, we can maybe talk about that is that, it, that there's a certain uh, a need, a human need to have a place to go. To remember and honor our loved ones. I mean, I, I'm very sad, quite honestly, that you know my both of my parents' remains are way back in Upper Michigan now, you know, and and thousands of miles away from me here. And I don't, I haven't been home uh, to the Upper Peninsula since uh, I think the year uh, summer after my mother died, you know, and that's, uh, gosh, that's what three years ago now. So I don't get to visit the, the mm-hmm. graves uh, of my parents. But whenever I, I, I when, my fa- when I was still living there, I, we used to go and we'd put flowers on my father's grave and my oh. mother and I would pray there regularly and just to remember and have right. a place to commemorate our, our loved ones and to be laid uh, to rest next to each other. I mean, I won't be laid to rest there uh, uh, with them, but my sister will be. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's important to have that, that place. Uh, I think it's, it's part of, of just human. I mean, look throughout human history. Look throughout human history how important tombs, Mm -hmm. graves are. We think about the catacombs. We think about, you know, the cemetery, ancient cemeteries in Rome. We think about the Egyptians and the and the tombs of the pharaohs and the pyramids and all of this. You know, from from all antiquity, human beings have had this felt need, almost a natural desire, to bury the dead and to give them a place of honor in their rest. Uh, Maybe not. With a view to the resurrection, as as we as Christians right. believe, but it's there's something just very human and innate. And when we scatter, you know, people romanticize about that. Oh, my dad loved the water, so we'll we'll spread his ashes on the water. Well, then the 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 ashes are washed away, and and there's no locus, mm-hmm. there's no place to go, and to, and to to be with the remains of the one that we loved, and, and to remember them there.
1: Right, and you mentioned Archbishop the funeral rite itself, and. From the incense and the, we see the body. And many times there yeah. is an opportunity yeah. for that casket to be there, that final sending off for our loved one, and before they go into the ground for the next step of their progress. But there, are, there's a purpose and a place for our funeral rite that takes us to their heavenly home.
2: That's right, and I think that uh, there's a tendency today to rush through mm-hmm. this, uh, the whole uh, burial, uh, funeral and, and, and burial. It's, it's very sad, actually. It's very, very sad. And I've watched this. I've been a priest now for almost 32 years. Well, uh, June 1st, I will be priest 32 years. And I've just seen this happen in my priestly years. When I was first ordained a priest, nearly everybody did the full funeral rite. You had the vigil the night before the funeral, at the funeral home usually. And we had, so you had the wake service, Sometimes you prayed the rosary, you played the, the vigil for the deceased, you had sometimes remembrances of, of the of the deceased uh, loved one. We had that at my mom's awake, you know, people just telling stories and reminiscing. And then the next day you would have the funeral liturgy itself, uh, preferably a funeral mass. And then the third station, if you will, is the cemetery and the burial mm-hmm. at the cemetery. Uh, there's a tendency, and, and over time I've watched this, now there's a tendency to rush things through. You know, we cremate. And maybe we just do something in the funeral home and that's it. Sadly, and I'm just going to say it, uh, sadly sometimes it's it's the children or grandchildren of the deceased who they themselves sadly may have drifted away from the practice of the faith. And so they're no longer uh, churchgoers as we say and don't have really an appreciation for the church's liturgy and the rites. And yet their parent or their grandparent may have been someone that could, could have been, I've had this happen. In my priestly ministry, sadly, where someone was literally a daily mass person, a daily communicant, but because their children had drifted away from the practice of the faith, uh, they were actually denied the full burial rights of the church because the the kids just wanted to get it over quickly. You know, it's 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 something very sad, and I think it leaves. I think what they don't realize it leaves a hole. Mm-hmm. And again, I think there's just something about ritualizing death. Uh, because, you know, death is the passage from this world to the next. It's, it's as, uh, you know, uh, the church teaches. It's, it's not, you know, I love that line from one of the prefaces. For us in death, life is changed, not ended. And when the body in, of, of our earthly life lies in rest, we, we await the glorious resurrection. And there's a need to ritualize this moment. This is a significant moment. This isn't just the end, and and we we end and say goodbye, and it's over with. No, it's 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 profoundly mysterious. It's it's worth pondering. It's contemplative. We should be contemplating these moments. What does this mean? It's a reminder to us of our own mortality, right. you know. And this this will be us one day, you know. I think that uh, I think when we shortchange that process, first of all, it's not an act of charity and love for our deceased one, you know, to to support. Uh, the, the deceased through our prayers, the prayers of the church, the offering of the holy sacrifice of the mass for them. But also it deprives us of our human need mm-hmm. to, to process this, to, to go through this grieving process, but in the, in the light of faith. It's, it's, to me, it's very consoling and very comforting. You know, As I said, I've, I've done this with, with two parents, and it brings me great consolation uh, to know that we sort of accompany these, our loved ones through that journey. Uh, from from death to life
1: right i think um the last funeral that i was at was not too long ago and it was re- brought again to it, to my attention this is for the deceased. While we do need our yes. time of mourning, really for that loved one who has died, that funeral rite is to pray for their soul that's right. uh, for that next step in the journey. And so we have to remember that's that. That's
2: very important. Charity. That's very important to realize this because that's where you know you get people arguing. Well, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't matter to me. Let's just get it over because I don't need this. Right. No. I mean, it certainly is. is mm. It does help us. Who, who are left behind, for sure, for sure it helps us. But the funeral's liturgies are for the deceased. Yeah. It's to commend them to the mercy of the Lord yeah. and to offer especially the holy sacrifice of the mass for uh, the, the repose and the resurrection of their, the, their soul.
1: Absolutely. And uh, again, as we've been having this whole Easter season and you opened with really preparing for Pentecost, I think it reminds me, we need to continue to be a people of prayer, a people of hopefulness, for the resurrection, um, just a, a closing thought as we come to Pentecost. These these gifts of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't come once. <laughs> the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. continues to work actively, and how we can maybe receive on this feast of the Pente- Holy Pentecost, uh, these gifts to uplift people. Yeah,
2: lives. I think you know we we the first time you know, I, and I think that people uh, sometimes think, well, you know, you get the Holy Spirit at, at confirmation and that's it. No, no, no. <laughs> we we first received the Holy Spirit in our baptism. In baptism itself, we receive the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our baptism. That mm-hmm. gift of the Holy Spirit is is strengthened and increased in the sacrament of Confirmation, when we receive a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit at at, at our Confirmation. Just that the ritual says, you know, that uh, uh, you know, just as uh, or in the final, it's actually in the in the, in the final uh, blessing uh, of, of the Mass of Confirmation that you know that just as as, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the apostles and their successors in order to give to the faithful. That happens still today. So we receive a special outpouring of confirmation and we're just closing up confirmation season right now. But the Holy Spirit increases and grows in us every day. We can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a deeper way every day. And I would encourage people to do that, especially as we celebrate the great feast of Pentecost, is pray daily for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The the gifts of the Spirit can increase in us. We we can't leave the the grace of our confirmation on a shelf. We have to use and pray for these gifts and use these gifts. I can tell you just, I mean, I'm 61 years old. Like I said, earlier, 32 years a priest, 16 years a bishop. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life just in the last year has been remarkable. And the work of the Holy Spirit, I think, in, in the in this local church in the Archdiocese of Portland is remarkable what's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So the Holy Spirit isn't just a, a gift that's given. It's <laughs> to use a borrow an advertising slogan, it's a gift that keeps on giving and it will continue to give Uh, he will continue to give the Holy Spirit until we exit this world and and go to meet God face to face.
1: Absolutely. Well, on that, and as our prayers continue to reach out to those who have died, we pray for their souls and we pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to guide us in a holy life. Would you help us close with your blessings? Yes.
2: And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones and be with you this day and forever amen
1: amen and thank you all for joining us on the voice of the shepherd we look forward to sharing with you again soon for archbishop alexander sample i'm dina marie hale and until our next encounter may god bless you
0: you've been listening to the voice of the shepherd with archbishop alexander sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.